0: Finding a service solution that helps you keep customers happy can feel impossible, just like trying to remember the name of that guy you literally just met at a networking event. HubSpot's all-new service hub can help, with the service solution part at least. It brings service and success together on one powerful platform, with an AI-powered help desk and chatbot to handle your frontline tickets, so you can scale support and drive retention and revenue. Visit HubSpot.com service to learn more.
1: What's going on, everyone? It's Friday, July 29th. I'm Zachary Crockett. I'm here with Juliette Bennett Ryla, and you're listening to the Hustle Daily Show. Today, we're talking Airbnb. There's been a lot of debate in recent years over whether short-term rentals are hurting or benefiting the housing market. Business Insider just did a big story looking through the data, and we're going to break it down for you a little bit. But before we get into that, we're going to do a quick rundown of what's happening in business and tech. JetBlue has agreed to purchase Spirit Airlines for $3.8 billion. That move is going to make the company the fifth largest domestic airline by market share, right after American, Delta, United, and Southwest. Comcast's broadband business remained flat between April and June. That marks the first time in history that the company has failed to grow its internet customer base. Even during their worst quarter in the 2008 financial crisis, they still added 65,000 subscribers. What's up with that? CEO Brian Roberts attributes the stagnation to, quote, a unique and evolving macroeconomic environment. Trademark filings revealed TikTok might be working on a music streaming service to take on Spotify and Apple Music. The app has become a bit of a music discovery platform in recent years, and it just released SoundOn, its own distribution platform for artists, back in March. Rite Aid joined the list of pharmacies that will no longer fill ADHD prescriptions from telehealth startups Cerebral and Dunn. Walgreens and CVS already adopted similar policies. And lastly, there's this little thing called GDP, gross domestic product. It measures the total market value of all the goods and services produced by a country in a given time period. And when GDP drops for two quarters in a row, it's kind of an unofficial signifier of a recession. Well, The U.S. GDP declined by 1.6% in Q1, and it just dropped another 0.9% in Q2. So do with that what you will. All right, Juliet. So proponents of Airbnb say that it allows normal homeowners to make extra income. It gives travelers to popular destinations more lodging options, et cetera. And the opposition says that it hurts the housing market at large, that housing supplies already crimped and short-term rentals just make things worse. And there was this recent story in Business Insider that took kind of a more critical look at things. Can you take us through kind of the main gist of, of their argument there?
0: Sure. And I will say both things can be true here. Mm-hmm. Proponents and the opponents, I think both have really good points. First thing out of the gate, housing. Rent. Whether you're buying or renting, they're expensive as hell across the country, pricing many people out of dense urban areas, New York, LA, Bay Area. This is not news, but this stat is wild. Mm. Apparently in Austin, Texas, rents were up nearly 50% in May year over year. Ah, Yikes. That's that's just too much to me. So a lot of people claim that one of the big drivers of this problem is Airbnb Mm. and short-term rentals like it. And the idea isn't that everybody is sharing their home. It's that developers are buying up a lot of houses, Mm -hmm. or in some cases, entire apartment buildings, and flipping them into short-term rentals. So, Is this true? Well, according to Business Insider, it is true, yes, that developers, including big asset management companies or investment companies, have spent into the hundreds of millions, occasionally over a billion dollars to snap up properties just to put them on Airbnb. Now, one thing I found really interesting was they talked to David Walksmooth, who is a McGill University urban planning professor who has been researching how Airbnb has impacted housing markets across North America. And he said they're bad for cities Mm. and the people who live in them, which I thought was... uh, pretty intense. And I think it's because when you look at it this way, so Airbnb is a $113 billion company with 4 million hosts, but just a quarter of those hosts run two-thirds of the listing. Hmm. And cities like New York have more professional hosts than actual home shares. And Airbnb facilitates this on the back end with software that allows these power users to remotely manage multiple properties they don't live in and sometimes don't live anywhere near. Mm -hmm. And a report found that the 13,500 units lost to short-term rentals in New York City in 20 18 ended up because of the way it drives up the cost of rent, costing the average renter $470 that year.
1: Wow. So it takes units off the market. Rent prices go up on average $470 a month. Yeah.
0: And now like imagine your landlord, and maybe some of you don't have to imagine, unfortunately. Imagine your landlord stopping by and be like, uh, it's $470 extra this year and you're like why right. and it's because some developer with a bajillion dollars bought up all these buildings <laughs> like that sucks for the average person right and you know cities have tried to enforce this I know Los Angeles where I live had but it's difficult to enforce hosts are anonymous on the platform um, it's kind of hard to parse like what is actually a short term rental or what's not allowed on the platform Airbnb has sued cities that have tried to ban short term rentals altogether I was just reading in Gizmodo about a guy who called himself the wolf of Airbnb <laughs> who actually rented out at least 18 luxury apartments on short-term rental sites while not actually paying the rent for those sites. So he was like renting them, putting them on the platform. Not paying the rent, he is now being investigated by the FBI under New York short-term rental law. None of those would have been permissible, but you know he was able to do mm-hmm. it.
1: Yeah, like you said, you know Airbnb started out with just a pretty simple, plain mission to basically enable homeowners to rent out their spare bedrooms. You know, it wasn't anything nefarious. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a, a mom and pop type of thing. And to be fair, when we're talking about these issues, we're not talking about those little mom and pop operations. There are a lot of people on Airbnb who just rent out a room in their house for a little extra income, or maybe they have like one rental property up in the mountains somewhere that they rent out. We're talking here, like you said, about these big commercial hosts that Mm -hmm. own dozens of properties. You know, there's a place in Ohio-based real estate investing firm, ReAlpha. They just announced plans to spend $1.5 billion on a portfolio of short-term rentals. So we're talking these huge entities that are snapping up, you know, 50, 100, 200 plus Airbnb properties in cities where there are already systemic housing issues going on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like everything that was warm and fuzzy about Airbnb when it first started is really just getting buried at this point Hmm. because I remember when it started I one time went to New York and I stayed in an Airstream trailer in Crown Heights in someone's backyard Hmm. and like they made coffee for us and they played music for us and we got to know them and they got to know us and it was really fun Yeah, and it's not like someone was really going to live in their Airstream trailer with a cot in it you know it wasn't a place that you would actually live in when I moved to Los Angeles my roommate at the time like had a year left in school they rented out my bedroom they were just like "All right, well I'm going to make a little extra money since you're not here. All of that seems so great and permissible to me. In fact, I've even had an experience coming up where I'm going to stay in a woman's spare bedroom in Salem and she lives there and she's going to tell me what to do there. And that is what I felt like Airbnb was so cool when it first came about. And I've also stayed in an Airbnb where someone in a place that is not an urban dense populated area built an escape room inside of like this cabin. So when you stayed there, it was like a whole story.
1: Yeah. See, that kind of stuff's really cool. That's like, to me, what Airbnb is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You know?
0: And I love that. But then it's just like, I don't think it was ever intended for someone to drop $500 million on an apartment building and take it off the market <laughs> and not even yeah. be there. They're not even there. you know. They can't show you around. You're not making friends. Yeah. It's just, you're entering a key code and sometimes they make you do the dishes. I don't know, it's weird.
1: Yeah. And it's not just investors buying these properties. Like another side problem is that traditional landlords that own houses that they traditionally rent to long-term tenants are switching over to short-term rental business. Oh yeah. So like instead of, you know, renting to a tenant for 2 or 3 years, they're just going to take it off the long-term rental market and make it into an Airbnb because it's more lucrative, maybe there's less friction. So you're kind of getting hit on two fronts. Mm -hmm. And I also feel like you and I, we both live in California and, you know, the the housing is already uh, pretty bad here. We are, by most estimates, something like three to four million housing units short already. And- Airbnb maybe it's not like the root cause of the problems but it's just like making things a hell of a lot worse is the argument here right
0: yeah cuz if someone like me or you and I yeah. who I would consider you know we're professional adults we make decent money we have been working mm-hmm. a long time if we cannot afford a little two bedroom house that we're going to live in and die in and maybe have kids in or a dog all the things that you think a person would do that means we're not moving out of our apartments younger people aren't moving into our apartments and when i walk around outside i see a lot of of people in encampments and they they have nowhere to go and it's just like, I do think it's affecting society in, in a very broad way like, I I refuse to believe that the average person doesn't walk down the street and see all of these issues that I am seeing. Hmm. I don't know. I love the idea of Airbnb. I love the idea of being able to share your home with someone and make a little money. Like that feels very entrepreneurial to me. But these big investors, it just feels like a faceless monolith taking over an apartment building and making sure no one else can live in it. Totally. And making sure you don't have real neighbors that you get to know.
1: I mean, yeah, that's kind of the intangible side of it too, beyond the data and the increased rent prices and the housing shortage stuff. Not to sound like a fogey or anything, but it does remove some of the character of the neighborhood when you walk down a street and it's kind of like a ghost town um, of just like short-term <laughs> rentals. We see this a lot in you know places like the California coast, which is kind of a weird example because people who own those homes are already mega millionaires, but In certain parts of the California coastline now, like 80 to 90% of those houses are short-term rentals. They're vacation rentals. They don't have long-term tenants, so they're not like families Mm -hmm. living in those houses. They're just kind of vacation rentals.
0: And, you know, that reminds me of another point. I think when you have like these mega luxury properties on there all of a sudden, like I was reading in that same Business Insider article that sometimes people who own like a ton of properties are able to price them lower and then like the actual mom and pop person cannot compete with them. Mm -hmm. And then it's like also at the same time, I have read so many complaints from people who maybe want to go to one of those beach cities and they look at their options and they're like, well, hell. I have to pay X hundred dollars in cleaning fees for this house. And they still expect me to take out the trash. So I'm just going to go to a hotel. And it just feels like that is not (laughs) what was intended initially.
1: I mean, that's the other thing. I feel like when I first started using Airbnb, It was like way cheaper than a hotel. Mm -hmm, There was a time when it was like, damn, I'm saving. This is awesome. But now it's like every couple of years, they add another fee in there. The cleaning fee is like 200 bucks now. It's just like once you tally up all the fees, it Mm -hmm. really just doesn't really make fiscal sense to like rent it over a hotel in most cities. Yeah.
0: And like the idea of meeting a new person in a new city is kind of gone. The last time I actually used Airbnb, I stayed in a little city called Torrance Mm -hmm. and all of the hotels were kind of by the highway. And I was like, oh, I want to be like in the town itself. So I found an airbnb and i thought that the guy was going to be there to greet me and my friend and uh He wasn't. He had the key on top of the door and we let ourselves in. And it was just like the most bare bones place I've ever seen. It was super cold. It didn't even have a full roll of toilet paper. It was like half a roll on the back of the toilet seat. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) And like we had to buy hand soap because there wasn't any there. And we each got like one towel. And I was just like, this guy isn't here to tell me what's to do in this town. Like all of the personalization (laughs) was gone. And then I ended up finding like a real estate portfolio in the cupboard where he like owned that house and the other two houses and was just like trying to make money off Mm -hmm. of them for flipping them. Yeah.
1: See, a while back, I profiled this woman named Kitty. She lives up in the Santa Cruz mountains. She has this little cabin on her property that she rents out. It's actually the most booked Airbnb by many measures on the platform. She's had thousands of guests there over the years. To me, that's like the perfect use case of Airbnb. Mm -hmm. Here's a woman kind of out in a remote area. She's living in her house. She's got this little mushroom dome on her property that she rents out for like a hundred bucks a night. And she's made an amazing secondary income from this little place. She's not removing any housing from the market. It's already on her property. And, um, you know, she's just like a quirky, cool person. She like leads meditations for her guests and that's awesome. Gives them palm readings and tells them about her spiritual enlightenment and stuff. And geology and all kinds of eclectic things. So,
0: that's my dream. That would be my dream either to be her or to meet her. (laughs) Like, both are (laughs) equally appealing.
1: Yeah. That is the beauty of Airbnb. You know, most people on the platform still are, you know, just renting out spare bedrooms in their houses or whatever. But these big corporate entities, which do make up as of now, still a pretty small portion of hosts on Airbnb, they're a big problem and they're really. Kind of a a blight on Airbnb's public image.
0: I did see that they have, it's called, I think, an Oh My God Fund. So people can apply and say like, hey, I want to build this really cool thing. And then Airbnb will give them money to build that really cool thing. And it could be a mushroom dome. It could be a Mm -hmm. treehouse. And I think that's great. But yeah, I think the only way out of this is to maybe step in and say like, you cannot take an entire existing apartment building and turn it into an Airbnb when there aren't enough apartments to live here to begin with.
1: Sure. You know, there is kind of like a parallel here to what's just happening in in the normal housing market with corporate landlords just snapping up thousands of single-family homes and then just taking them off the buying market and putting them onto the rental market. Mm. It it is obviously a different thing, but the housing market's being dominated by a few wealthy entities who are kind of just pushing everybody else into the rental market.
0: Yeah. You know, it may be good for their pockets, but I do wonder... If it's really good for anyone else. I mean, I used to live in a very beautiful old house in Hollywood and the landlord had cut it up into nine very tiny rooms and everyone had to share a kitchen and then some people had to share a bathroom. Which seemed like a really sad thing to do to what was once a really gorgeous house. And he lived right next door in a house that he had not cut up that he and his partner lived in. And then I moved away and the other day I was back in the neighborhood and I walked past my old house and that entire street is an encampment now because no one can afford to live anywhere.
1: Wow, Jeez. So it's
0: clearly not working for them either. So I just don't know.
1: Yeah, well, obviously, you know, we, we only touched on a small segment of all the issues that you could talk about with Airbnb, but um, yeah, lots of pros, some really big cons that really desperately need to be addressed. And like you said, Juliet. You know, a lot of these cities have pretty strict short-term rental regulations in place, but it's still, to a certain degree, is kind of a Wild West still.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I imagine it's very hard to police when you have thousands yeah. of listings.
1: All right. Well, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks for tuning into The Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor is Robert Hartwig, and our executive producer is Darren Clark. If you want more tech and business coverage, go check out our newsletter. You can find it at the hustle.co Takes about 10 seconds to sign up. There's some really good stuff in there. Check it out. And we will catch you all next week.